0: Sports fans, it's no secret that working in the front office of a professional sports team is an extremely sought-after job. If your dream is working in sports and a career you love, a master's in sports business from Concordia University, Irvine, can make it happen. Whether as an agent, analyst in the front office, or as a sports media pro, you can get your degree in less than two years. This program is second to none. Listen to legendary agent Lee Steinberg.
1: You go to Concordia, get the master's. They have a network of people that can help you succeed professionally in the skill set to make sure that you're a major success in sports business.
2: The Spring 2 session starts on March 4th. There are six start times a year and new students get a thousand
1: dollars off want that concordia diploma on your wall and your life will be a success
0: college grads don't wait enroll for the march 4th spring 2 session now at cui.edu slash sports cui.edu sports
1: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. From almost becoming a priest to becoming one of the most successful high school football coaches in Southern California, Steve Haggerty, head football coach at Bishop Amat High School, is our guest on episode 52 of the Masters in Coaching podcast. Let's go. Well, welcome into episode 52 of the Masters in Coaching Podcast. Happy New Year to everybody out there as we are here now in January of 2023. We appreciate everybody who downloads the podcast, watches this on YouTube as well. Uh, We love doing them and we're back for another year and so excited to talk to this week's guest. Head football coach at Bishop of High School here in Southern California. 36 years as an educator, teacher, football coach at Paraclete High School, J.W. North High School, Riverside Poly High School, Citrus Hill High School, uh, CIF championships along the way at every stop since 2008 he's been the head coach at Bishop Amat one of the powerhouse programs for the last 50 years here in Southern California. He is Steve Haggerty and he joins us now. Coach, we appreciate you coming on the podcast. How you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, normal Monday in La Puente. We're ready to go. All right. All right. So, we'll start right there. Just got to take us through here. January, it's the off season, but in high school football uh, there is no off
2: season anymore. What yeah. are you,
0: what are you doing with your team? What, how are you guys getting better right now?
2: Well, obviously we're, uh, we're in the weight room, you know, that's kind of, this is the time for that kind of, you know, just sort of like get back in there and, uh, you know, get a lot of work going, work on the basics of just strength development and stuff. And uh, so we have, we have, uh, we have PE classes that uh, kids are involved in and they get their lift built into their day. So that's kind of you know, it's a good way for us to be able to do that because we can control them. I'm not chasing them all over campus trying to get them in the weight room. There, It's already pretty much built in. And then we have multiple sport athletes. So those kids are coming early in the morning to get their lift in because they're practicing after school with their other sports. And so it's something that we uh, we probably have maybe 550 boys in the school. We're, we're co-ed, we're about 1150. Mm-hmm. And uh so uh, it's not a lot of kids. So, uh, we really encourage the kids to be multiple sport athletes here. And so, uh, but you know, everybody wants to get better. So that's kind of where they are right now. And I think uh, some other activities would be, we are, um, I'm, I, I have, I have an off season evaluation with every coach mm-hmm. and we're going through that process right now. You know, what's your intention? Are you coming back? Maybe they don't have the option to come back. Uh, you know, uh, just getting staffing ready. And so usually in February, we start meeting as a staff uh, throughout the spring and making sure uh, we are moving in a direction we want to go. What did we do well last year? What didn't we do well? Uh, We usually visit some, a school, a university. Last year, uh, we went out to, um, God, where did we go last year? Uh, Oh, we went out to Baylor University and we spent about three days out there uh, watching what they do. Coach Aranda does a good job and And so anyways, that's kind of like what's what's on my agenda is just trying to figure out uh, where we are with that and then scheduling that's always a big part of this time of the year, you know, making sure that we have a, a competitive schedule out there so we're waiting for a couple contracts to come back but it looks like another good schedule so.
0: I want to touch upon something you just mentioned, going out to Baylor and seeing Coach Aranda and, mm-hmm. and making that part of what you do with your program and your coaches. Well, right. Why is that important, Coach? Why is that important for you and your staff
2: uh, to go see other programs and what they're doing? Sure. I think what it does is it allows us to offer the kids that are in our uh, development, in our program, you know, the very best that we can. It's just – it's no different than the AP teacher staying up on – what's, what's, uh, important for them to teach. So their kids have success when they go to take that test. Mm-hmm. Um, I sell it with our school. It's a professional development yeah. that we want our, we want our, I want my coaches, uh, you know, cause we're only as good as the guys that, that help us. I want my coaches to uh, learn, to get better. I want them to be professional when they're on the field with the kids and I want them to offer them the very best they can. And so we, we kind of take time to do it and, uh, looking for places and, uh, you know, last year Baylor, you remember they came out of kind of nowhere and they were yeah. they they were, you know, uh, you know, they like they run this outside zone play that's like really good, and they don't have the best talent necessarily in Texas, but they they get these guys to play. And uh Coach Aranda is like he's like this uh guru guy, soft spoken, but has this message. Like that's the stuff I love is to hear how he conducts. He I, you know, he doesn't ever yell at the guys and, Mm -hmm. and uh, he just has this approach, but he seems beloved and they're having success. And so uh, that there was an attraction there for all that. So that's the reason we do it is to let guys see how it's done professionally. Now these guys in college get to do it all day long. We, my guys still got to teach algebra one and then (laughs) get out there. But for the most part, we're trying to emulate, you know, and uh, trying to figure out how to do our jobs and do them really well uh, because we take a lot of pride in the product that we put out there on Friday nights. And um, so it's it's important for us to stay up in the game for sure.
0: It's a common theme, Coach, and it's, it's no secret that's why you're successful and the coaches we talk to who follow that model are successful is never stop learning. Right. Uh, whether you're at the, the highest point of your career as a coach, most successful part of your career, winning championships, league titles, uh, how important is it for those listening and watching uh, those coaches out there? It doesn't matter if you're at the top of where you're at right now. You always got to continue to get better and learn.
2: Sure. I just, I think it's human nature that, you know, uh, when when you have that attitude that you tend to get sloppy, you tend to be overconfident, and there's a, you know, high school football is a high-profile sport, and, you know, there's a lot of people uh, out there and, uh, you know, judging you, and and uh, so it's, uh, you know, but I, I think I think the biggest issue is that I just think we owe it to the kids that we offer them the very best. And I, I don't mean to sound corny, but I yeah. I kind of feel like uh, that's where I feel like I have an obligation. Like at Bishop Mott, there's we've had tradition for years. I haven't created it. I'm just trying to uphold it. And I just feel like that's a great responsibility to try to, you know, be that person that's going to continue to build the program and to keep the status of who it is and to make sure that when kids leave our program, they're taken more away from it than just blocking and tackling, you know, that we're hoping there's more takeaways that, you know, that, uh, you know, they're going to have integrity and they're going to be good people and they're going to whatever they decide to do, fireman, plumber, whatever, that they're going to have integrity when they do their jobs. And and I think a lot of the a lot of what they learn out there, we're responsible for, you know, And, and so I take that serious. I don't take it lightly. And uh, so I, I I think it's all connected. you know, I, I want to offer them the best so that they can also in turn uh, offer uh, the people that they influence the best as well. So.
0: Coach Steve Haggerty is our guest here on the Masters in Coaching podcast head coach at Bishop Amat High School here in Southern California. Uh, all right, coach, let's go back to the beginning uh, and how you got into coaching in the first place. Uh, after high school, you went to Bishop Amat, and you end up back many years later as the head coach yeah. starting in 2008, but that road led you down several paths, different high schools, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. different levels, but why why coaching? Why education? Yeah. How did you get involved?
2: Yeah, I think um I think I just even when I was playing in high school, I always just felt inclined, you know, to coach and to help others. So I think it was kind of just a part of me. I love sports. Uh, I, you know, uh, you know, I wrote a, I, my thesis in, uh, well, not thesis, but our, uh, my college, uh, I don't know what you would call it. It was, uh, some kind of an activity that was a culminating activity when I graduated. I forget what they called it, but I did, uh, I think mine was on uh, moral, development through athletics. Uh I'm a philosophy major. So wow. uh I used a lot of uh Aristotle and I used a lot of like St. Thomas Aquinas. And uh and and so I've always been intrigued and I've athletics has always been a part of my life. And uh always felt like I learned more maybe from that than I ever did inside of a book. And uh so I I, I and I know there's tons of kids like that. So I just felt like uh it was a it was a great profession. And I and I went to Bishop Mott and I I you know, just felt the, you know, the affinity for the school. And that's where I initially started coaching and teaching. So, um, you know, my, I kind of a strange route you talk about, I was actually at St. John's Seminary College in Camarillo and I was studying to be a priest. I was there three years and wow. I got a uh, philosophy degree and a Spanish minor. And then I went to theology for one year and then I got out of it because I just felt like I was better suited doing other things. And that's exactly what I went to when I left there. So um, it, I, I kind of find myself, you know, looking back over all these years, and and in a lot of ways, I'm doing I'm doing very similar things where I've got a bunch of great kids around me and trying to influence them about, you know, uh, making decisions about life, and and you know when they fail, they got to get up, and so I kind of still feel like. You know, I I made that choice to leave, but I'm still kind of doing a lot of that same work, you know, so uh, it's, you know, it's just been, uh, it's always been really, um, I would say, uh, I just feels good to be a part of that process, you know, and I love football. So, you know, that's, uh, it's a great way to wake up every day and go to work.
0: That, that first stop at Paraclete high school, as far as head coach, uh, Paraclete high school up in the Antelope Valley yeah. is is gone on to be a very successful program. And you, you helped build that, uh, with the championships that you had there, um, yeah. up at Paraclete. Just just talk about that first job as a head coach and, yeah. and what you were walking into and, and how you kind of approached it for that first yeah. time.
2: Well, you know, I was an assistant at Bishop Vermont for six seasons, and then I had an opportunity to take that job and I actually was buying a house up there with my wife. My wife and I, we've been married 36 years. We have six children and uh we needed a place to stay and and we couldn't buy a house around here. So I actually I actually looked around and uh I got hired up there to teach religion and then I got uh was gonna uh assist the head coach uh and coach but then he got into a tussle with a kid and they let him go and then they basically said do you want to apply for the job and I was like well listen I don't know if I'm ready but, like, I, I already got a house up here. I, I got to – I'll do whatever I got to do. So I applied and got the job and kind of, like, was a big, stark difference between Bispo High School and oh, wow. uh, Paraclete High School. They hadn't won a league game in seven years. They were in the High Desert League. So we were 0-35 over seven years, and that's what I was taking on. So luckily, we won two games that year in league. We were 5-5 five and five overall and uh we our first league game we won was 3 to nothing it was great defense and a field goal and we beat Silver Valley High School and that was uh back in 1992 and so i didn't know anything about what i was doing and uh i think over the i was at a paraclete 8 years and uh i got to grow up as a coach you know make mistakes without anybody being really uh critical you know and a highly you know they were just we just kept getting a little better so it was always a little better than the year before and we ended up winning three CIF titles in a row, 97, 98, 99. And there was a lot of, um, you know, satisfaction in that because of where we had come from. And, uh, you know, in that in that time. So uh, it was a great place for me to raise our kids, buy our first house and actually grow up as a coach. You know, and that's uh, that kind of um, and that's where that's where I met Jim Kunow, Uh Ooh. And we played each other in 1995 in the semifinals uh, up in the high desert at Antelope Valley College. And they beat us uh you know pretty good that i think it was a couple touchdowns they beat us but uh that was our first year in the semifinals, and uh it was a good experience for us and and uh just kept trying to get better so
0: your path then back to bishop Amat led you to jw north high school riverside yeah. poly high school citrus hill high yeah. school uh winning championships at, at every spot and then the bishop Amat job opens up in 2008 coach yeah Was it always kind of in the back of your mind? Like I'd like to end up back at my high school. Was the timing just right? How did that all kind of work out there in 2008? Probably
2: both a little bit in the back of my mind, Uh, always had an affinity for the school. You know, I know a lot of the guys that are coaching there. We've kind of, you know, there's these little coaching trees that take off and, And uh, you know, and I know a lot of the guys, and uh, you know, so it was always something in the back of my mind. But I actually went to the public school, uh, because I I felt like I needed better retirement, I needed better benefits, I needed to make more money. I have my wife and I, we have a big family, and so when I moved to Riverside, we bought a house out there, and uh, the former coach at who hired me, Mark Paredes. Uh, he was at JW North High School, and so he hired me and put me, uh, got me in the classroom, and got me coaching with him as an offensive coordinator with him. And then uh, ultimately, I think within a year or two, he went to RCC Riverside Community College, and then I took over as head coach for him there. And uh, and that's kind of what what drew that. So in the back of my mind, you know, I knew that the Catholic school system was. Uh, something that I I thought I was a good fit for, but I just felt like I needed to take care of my family, you know, a little better. So, uh, and then at at some point, you know, I just realized that like the quality of my day and the calling that I felt like I needed to be a part of, you know, was probably better suited out of Catholic high school and Bishop Mod opened up. And so I just kind of felt like it was something I couldn't pass up and uh, jump back in like 100% because I really Uh, felt kind of rejuvenated again and felt like I was back home and felt like uh, it was a place that uh, I really could make an impact. They were coming off a couple of uh, years that they, I think they were three and seven the year before I got there. And so, uh, you know, I think they were looking for a change. And so anyways, I I just told my wife, look, like usually we discuss these things, but I said, look, um, I really want to do this. So I'm not sure how we'll do it, but (laughs) I'm jumping in. So um, and that's kind of and and it's been a great experience ever since, for sure.
0: Steve Haggerty is our guest here on the episode 52 of the Masters in Coaching podcast and coach of Bishopmont High School here in Southern California. Through your stops getting into coaching, um, who are some of the, the mentors in, in your life that helped you kind of guide who you are as a teacher, as a coach, as a father, a husband? And, and along the way, how how are kind of things changed for you and from being the, the young coach who's absorbing to being the, the elder statesman, I guess the older coach who now you got assistants under you who are going off in your own coaching
2: tree. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, boy, that's a, there's a lot packed into that question. Um, Just my mind's racing right now because that's, you know, there was, I think obviously um, I think Mark Paredes uh, who was uh, probably the, uh, one of my mentors, you know, I, 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 you know, came in 1986 at Bispo Mott and coached with him. And, uh, he was a part of a lot of the success that went on at Bishop And so I've always really considered him, um, you know, a, a mentor. And I just know that when I was at Bispo for those first six years, there were a lot of good coaches. I felt like it was, um, you know, a great place to, uh, like you said, absorb a lot of the things. Yeah. And, you know, we had great players, but, but um, we also, you know, uh, had a bunch of average players, and I've always felt that at Bishop that middle group, that average group, mm-hmm. is the difference makers for us. It's not the it's not the highly uh, uh, talented ones, you know, the Daley McCutcheons and the Eric the Enemies and the Corey Miners and. Rodney Sermons and Ralph Brown and all those guys, the guys that make us who we are, are the average guys that we really focus on. And we try to take them from that average class and we try to make them good. And I feel like in the differences for us, those are some of the philosophies, like I learned at Bishop Mott, that that middle group is the group you need to focus on, uh, because that'll, that'll be the difference in the end, you know? So I've always felt that that, uh, was a sound concept that I learned here and was around a lot of good people. Uh, Jim Kunow, I, I uh, you know, the, uh, coach at Orange Lutheran mm-hmm. for many, many years. Um, I heard him talk several times. I've always been impressed by him, uh, his demeanor, his, his um, the way, uh, you know, he just like outcoached me at times when we were playing against them that, you know, just made me want to learn more. And uh, to watch their rise from, you know, small Division 10 football to Division one championship was all a part of, you know, his doing and his leadership. And so he's always been kind of a mentor. I've went to his practices. I've watched them practice to see how he's doing it. Um, I've always just sort of had a thirst for that. So yeah. I think that is, uh, he's definitely someone on that mentor list kind of a thing. And, uh, you know, I just, I've been around a lot of good people. Um, I'm one of 10 kids. So, uh, and, uh, I have six older brothers and three older sisters. And, uh, a lot of those, uh, people in my family have been, you know, uh, I'm the youngest. So, uh, the baby of the family. So I've had a lot of people kind of looking after me and a lot of resources to learn from and so family's always been important to me and and uh my kids have grown up you know with me coaching uh they've been on the sidelines holding cords back in the day when you didn't have cordless headphones and <laughs> and uh ball boys running out on the field with balls and uh you know my wife has always uh you know allowed me to to do this that I love so it's you know there's a lot of influences yeah and a lot of people along the way that I I think are probably pretty similar to most people's lives you know where People, you know, uh, help mold you into who you eventually become, for sure. No, d- no doubt,
0: it takes a village. Uh, yeah. I want to ask you a kind of about the the current state of high school football and sure. just a backstory. Born and raised in Southern California. I went to a public high school, graduated in 96. It was my local high school. It was six blocks away. Uh, in high school, I had one friend that transferred to a, a, a private high school to play sports. That was it. One kid from our local area. Everybody else went to the local high school, but the landscape of high school sports has changed. Football, basketball are kind of at the top of it. Other sports, it's trickling down as well with the transferring. Uh, the kids don't go to local yeah. high school. The private versus public uh, debate that's out there. The, uh, the superpowers yeah. of the Trinity league versus everybody else out there Yeah. Uh, as a coach, you've seen it change over the 36 years. Is, is is there any way to, to stop what's happening? Is is this good for high school sports? What's happening in particular football and basketball with the transferring and the kids going to high schools, 45 minutes away. I mean, without going down a a long rabbit hole, is is there, is there a way to, to, to get back on track or is this sort of how it is now, coach?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm going to have to say that it's just the way it is. And I don't see it changing anytime soon. Um, I think like, you know, for me, again, um, you know, we could, we could talk about this for hours, but uh, I just think that um, a lot of times, you know, they still call uh, sports in high school, they call them extracurricular. And, uh, you know, this is an extracurricular activity, which means it's part of the curriculum. Um, but it's, but, um, it's, you're still supposed to be learning and it's still supposed to be a part of your education. And I kind of feel like we're kind of, we've kind of moved away from that for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the biggest and the greatest danger of all, and you're seeing it at the NCA level as well now, where, um, if things don't work out, you know, let just pick up and move. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like, uh, that's probably the greatest injustice that, uh, we're kind of tying kids' hands about them learning how to, uh, work through the things that they're going to deal with, you know, as oh, adults. Yeah. And, uh, they, you know, we all need to have, you know, a set of skills that we're able to dig our, you know, dig in and get after stuff in order to fix things. Cause the world isn't kind and it's not going to pat me on the back. And, uh, you know, I just feel like we're kind of selling a, a bill of goods to kids that like, Hey, it's going to be better somewhere else. And then when you actually get there, you find that it's not the case, then what do you do next? And so that's my biggest issue probably yeah. with that, because I just, you know, and again, I, I, I'm i not trying to sound, you know, holier than thou. I'm yeah. just saying like, like if we want kids to figure out how to deal with themselves as adults, like, yeah. you know, I, I oftentimes have conversation with parents and I just said, look, it, we're, it, your son's going to be much better if we work together, yep. like like, like you're going to love him one way and I'm going to love him a different way. But in the end, he's going to benefit from both of our love. And uh, I'm just going to tell him like, look at, you don't have your stuff. You're not going to practice today and you don't need to fix it. Mm -hmm. It's better for him to learn it because if you fix it, he's going to do it again and you're going to have to keep fixing it. And he's not going to learn anything. So those are just small examples of like how, and and I try to, I try to tell him like, you want your son to, to advocate for himself. So, I, let's let him come to me. Don't call me on the phone. Tell him, encourage him to come talk with me and let him and I deal with it because that's the world that he has to live in. Yeah. And the sooner you do that, the better off he's going to be. And he's going to have a better set of tools that he's going to be able to cope with this thing called life. And that that's what I think like our job is. So, you know, if you can win a championship by doing things the right way, I, I, I think that's critical. And I think that that naturally will take care of itself. But I I still feel like doing it the right way is really important, and it's our yeah. jobs to be able to do that. So when you ask me, are we? I just don't see it changing much.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, and I don't I don't you know especially when well I'll, I'll give you an example. So you know we we're um, we you know we were used to be in the mix for. You know division one football and mm-hmm. that gap has widened so much now uh and and it, it doesn't have to do with uniforms it doesn't have to do with coaching nope. it doesn't have to do with um you know uh the schedule we play or that uh we only travel once every couple of years what the difference is that um you know i can't i can't have a kid come to our school uh when he has to pay tuition here and it's free other places or yeah. he's going to get picked up in a van yeah. or his his parents might end up on the payroll. Yeah. Uh and all of those things, you know, and I again, I'm not mentioning any names, but yeah. all of those things are out there as strategies that yeah. are pulling people to certain programs and uh they're just stockpiling uh kids and uh so bottom line is like I don't think it's healthy. I don't think uh with all the, you know, the two there's two programs that are you know maybe three or four it just depends on which years there are but right but uh everybody's stacked into one place and um it just doesn't seem like uh and development is still a part of this at least the way right. we see it when you come in as a freshman you know that's the weight room is about and that's about the coaching and it's about learning the system. So there the the we still are one of those programs. We develop our kids we have a lot of kids that stay here four years. And um, so, uh, again, I think that's some of the issues that you're you're alluding to for sure. Yeah, well said, coach.
0: You hit it right on the head. The first sign of adversity: a kid wants to bolt, a kid wants to leave, and uh, that people are letting them do that. And yeah. as a father of three girls, I, I try to to instill what you were just talking about a yeah. lot of that uh, in my girls. So uh, it's yeah. it's awesome to hear that. I love it, and I'm, yeah. We're all, we're on the same page, and I think a lot of people uh, feel that same way as yeah. well. As we wrap things up, Coach, uh, you're going to be teaching now uh, in Concordia's yeah. Masters in Coaching Athletics Administration program. You're going to be doing it for the first time coming up here here in February. I know you're excited about that. And well, what class are you teaching? And 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 why why teach at the college level? It's a little different for you in doing that.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, it's it, it's a it's a coaching uh, principles and leadership uh, something along those lines, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are, uh, you know, I I uh, kind of been curious. I, I I've I I've always kind of been a teacher. I enjoy it. Um, I'd love to uh, share and help people see different perspectives on you know how things can be done.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know the the there's three textbooks in the class. I've read two of them already, and I'm kind of already aligned philosophically with what the books are all about. Yeah. Uh, I read them a while ago, and uh, they you know they're they're things that I've sort of like you know kind of hang my hat on as well. So. Uh, You know, things like, you know, being a uh, being a uh, significant coach rather than successful being like a instead of a transactional coach, being a a transformational coach. Like those are things that like I I'm anxious to share. Those are things that I believe in, have a passion about. And so being able to share those with other coaches, you know, if they're getting into the business or they're starting, they're looking for their masters. I kind of feel like this is one of the core courses that they all have to take. And so I kind of feel like it's right up my alley. And uh, I know with uh, Jim and I talked and he basically said, coach, I've seen you do it for a lot of years. I think you'd be great in this role, uh, sharing your experiences with people and your passion. And so that's kind of what started it all. So I'm going to give a, I'm going to give a run at it. We got, I got one class. We'll start in February and uh, hopefully it goes well and people learn some things and uh, you know, they'll have me back. So we'll take it a day at a time though.
0: Kind of cool. Your coaching tree coach is not going to just be on the field who knows, you can kind of pour into some other coaches at different sports, yeah. different levels yeah. uh, in their careers, and, and they'll take off from there, and you'll be a part of that uh, uh, teaching this class. So thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Great to catch up with you. Um, uh, it's great to hear your story uh, from almost becoming a priest to becoming a head coach of one of the most recognized high schools here in Southern yeah. California. We we certainly appreciate it. I know our listeners and viewers appreciate uh, catching up with you. Uh, looking cool. forward to your class start here in February, and hopefully a long run uh, teaching at Concordia. Thank you so much.
2: All right, Tim. Thank you. It was a good time. Appreciate it.
0: Well, there he goes, Steve Haggerty, head football coach at Bishop Amat High School here in Southern California. What a journey he has had from almost becoming a priest to then becoming one of the most successful high school football coaches here in Southern California over the last 35 years, from Paraclete High School to Riverside to since 2008, the head football coach at his alma mater, Bishop Amat. Go Lancers! as he's got that program continuing to be one of the powerhouses in Southern California, even in this current landscape of high school football. We appreciate Coach, and make sure you check out his class. If you're thinking about enrolling in the Masters in Coaching and Athletics Administration program at Concordia University, Irvine, you could be one of the first to take his class this spring. His first class starts in February as he starts his new endeavor, coaching and now teaching at Concordia University Irvine. If you're a coach, an administrator, an athletic director looking to further your career or looking to get into one of those careers, Concordia University Irvine's Master's in Coaching and Athletics Administration program is a fit for you. Find out more at cui.edu slash coaching. That's cui.edu slash coaching. First-time students can get a $1,000 scholarship. Find out all about it. Find out if it's the right fit for you at cui.edu slash coaching. Thanks to Coach Haggerty. Thanks to you for listening and watching. Episode 52 of the Masters in Coaching podcast is in the books. Until next time, so long, everybody. Sports fans, it's no secret that working in the front office of a professional sports team is an extremely sought-after job. If your dream is working in sports and a career you love, a master's in sports business from Concordia University, Irvine, can make it happen. Whether as an agent, analyst in the front office, or as a sports media pro, you can get your degree in less than two years. This program is second to none. Listen to legendary agent Lee Steinberg.
1: If You go to Concordia, get the master's. They have a network of people that can help you succeed professionally, in the skill set to make sure that you're a major success in sports business.
2: The Spring 2 session starts on March 4th. There are six start times a year, and new students get $1,000 off.
1: Want that Concordia diploma on your wall and your life will be a success.
0: College grads, don't wait! Enroll for the March 4th Spring 2 session now at cui.edu/sports cui.edu/sports.
1: With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry,
2: sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps>